This episode of Trip Weddings is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Just enter the offer code WED at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. This week, I'm joined by my special guest, Corwin Hebert. Corwin is the author of Living the Dream, Putting Your Creativity to Work, and the creator of the Business Action Planner for Photographers. This week, we sit down with Corwin to talk about some of the key management and marketing principles that can help wedding photographers become less stressed and more successful doing what they love. And welcome back to another episode of TWIP Weddings. Uh, my name is Bruce Clark, and this week we've got a special guest. I'm joined by Mr. Corwin Hebert. Uh, Corwin is the author of Living the Dream, Putting Your Creativity to Work and Getting Paid. And he's also the creator of the Business Action Planner for Photographers. So this week, uh, we're going to sit down with Corwin. We're going to talk about some of the key management and marketing principles that can help wedding photographers become less stressed and more successful doing what they love. But before we get into the show, we want to remind uh, everyone how you can in interact with us and how you can participate in the show. We've got a bunch of different ways to interact with us. Uh, first off, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. There you'll find the show notes for each episode, and those will contain links to everything we talk about on the show. Uh, you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comment section. If you do have a question or a suggestion for a future topic, you can email us. Our email address is twip wed at thisweekinphoto.com or if you prefer using social media just add the hashtag twipwed to your post and we'll keep an eye out for those posts as well and if you want to follow us we're on instagram just follow us at twipwed and we just uh, set up a brand new facebook group so just head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash twipwed and feel free to jump in there participate in the group we'll post up uh, anything that we run across that we think might be useful for you as wedding photographers so with that i want to jump into the show and welcome mr corwin hebert to the show thank you thanks for having me bruce hey thanks uh, thanks for joining us um so for those um, those who don't know Corwin or who aren't familiar with uh, with Corwin, Corwin is a successful small business owner whose boutique firm Tandem Agency. Did I pronounce that correctly? Tandem, yeah. Tandem, Tandem Agency with, with the silent e. It's the silent e and oompa sand on the e's now, <laughs> or umalot on the. And you guys, you guys provide management and marketing services to creative entrepreneurs. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're a small group. Uh, we do professional services for creative entrepreneurs, mostly for photographers. We do things, whether it's from the business administration side to legal to production, uh, through to marketing websites, email campaigns, uh, portfolio work, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, we, do, we don't do any of the cre actual creative work. That's what our clients are in charge of. I don't push uh, camera buttons. Um, and if I can help out, I try not to hold light discs because I'm pretty horrible <laughs> at, uh, I'm pretty useless, uh, when it comes to, you know, that kind of work, but, uh, we're in the background. We take care of all the business stuff. So our clients can focus on being creative and being productive and good at what they're good at. Awesome. So for those of you who aren't familiar with you or your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Corwin Hebert and how did you come to, you know, be, uh, running the business that you are? <laughs> well, I made it up. <laughs> uh, that, that was the easy part. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I am a reluctant photographer. If I was to ever write an ebook on photography, I would call it dark, blurry, and awkward, the confessions <laughs> of a reluctant photographer. So um, uh, photography for me is, um, is a craft of play and fun, and I spent a lot of time in the dark room when I was younger. But um, for me, it's in all but the business. I really enjoy good business management. I really enjoy um, helping creative people make a living doing what they love. And um, I get really excited creating, you know, production plans and reading contracts and, you know, or wrestling with lawyers, you know, not physically wrestling, though <laughs> so sometimes I've wanted to, um, you know, when, uh, when CRA or the IRS call me, I'm, I'm all game. Let's talk. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. I love diving into the guts of creative work. And I kind of came to it uh, quite by accident. I actually was uh, involved in a lot of creative, um, a lot of event production and on the creative side, and uh, after a few years, I realized, you know, it wasn't really my event clients that I cared about, but the creative people that I got to hire to put on, produce, and photograph, and make these events come alive. So it, it, uh, after about five years of that, doing it in the corporate world, I'm like, I just basically made up my own job and said, you know what, I think some of these creative people I was working with, I knew I could help them, I knew I could make their life better, 
I knew I could help it so that they helped them so they were being more creative and having more fun, getting paid better for what they do. And so I kind of just made up this idea of doing a, having a management firm that um, just works with creative people and it's grown from there. It's been uh, nine years now. Wow, that's awesome. And you have, I mean, one of your clients is probably most, most of the audience of uh, This Week in Photo is probably familiar with David Duchemin. And you help him with his, a lot of his, the business side of things, right? Yeah, you know, and um, our working relationship started out of a really solid friendship. And uh, we were just, you know, friends and creative collaborators, if you will. And he went on a trip, this is about six and a half, seven years ago. He went on a trip and asked me um, if I could watch his inbox for him while he was going to be off the grid. And and uh, I, I said, sure, no problem. He went off for two weeks. He came home and I refused to give him his inbox back because I was convinced I was doing a better job of handling his email communications and his clients and that kind of stuff better than he was. So he just said, fine, keep it. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> you deal with my email. I'll, I'll just make photographs. And so since then, we've, um, we've done a lot of work together. And uh, his work, obviously, um, for those of that know him, know him primarily probably through his writing, and Craft and Vision is his publishing company. And it was uh, about six years ago that we were hiking. And he asked me, he goes, have you ever heard of an ebook?" And I said, yeah, ebooks they're on their way out. <laughs> no, one, no, no one will read ebook anymore. Anyway, so we started playing with that idea. He put out, uh, you know, a couple of PDFs. And next thing you know, he's got a publishing company with, you know, 130 products. And uh, it's uh, quite the resource, uh, Craft and Vision is, for photographers. So it's a... Uh, it's a big part of my work, uh, ha- helping him with his business and all the things that he's got going on. And but it's uh, built on a great friendship, so it's really really fun. Awesome. So you, you mentioned that you're not a photographer, but you're pretty entrenched in the industry. So what are some of the ways that you help photographers? Yeah, you know, I think uh, ultimately when I take on a photographer as a managed client, so that's someone that I'm going above and beyond the role of consulting and sort of guiding them through some of those um, initial phases. When I roll up my sleeves and actually um, represent them and their businesses, it means that uh, I'm diving into anything outside of the creative production. When, uh, when one of my clients wants to uh, make a pitch, he wants to you know, submit a proposal, I would work with them uh, through all the details of a proposal, both from the, you know, the interpretation of their creative work, how it fits with the brief what their offerings are, how their pricing gets built. Uh, I spend a lot of time dealing with money, both the uh, collection of creating, you know, sort of the manufacturing all facets of how money gets um, uh, communicated, how it gets collected, uh, how it gets um, connected to the value of creative work. So, you know, that's for my managed clients. But for those that I work with that I don't handle, you know, I don't uh, represent them fully, it means I get a chance to dive in. Sometimes it's a parachuting I parachute in, try to find their, you know, discover what their biggest business issues are, provide some direction, ideas, um, you know, some usually it comes down to approaches and helping them take a better approach to making better business decisions so they can make more money, so they can um, ask for more money and they can do the kind of things that make their businesses more attractive. So I find that my world is um, uh, split between sort of, you know, uh, full representation and then that, that sort of that cult, uh, consulting sort of guidance side where I get a chance to really help photographers kind of grow and manage their own businesses. So I'm a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of duality going on there with my work. So you're sort of like an, an assassin that we can like parachute in, get in, do I'm all a, the stuff we don't want to deal with. Mennonite, so I'm not sure assassin's a good word, but ooh, I like that. <laughs> Navy SEAL, maybe more like a Navy SEAL. We'll parachute you in. Yeah. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with all the stuff I, uh, we don't want to do. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I um. I spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on and addressing business issues. And sometimes that's money stuff. Sometimes that's marketing pieces. Sometimes that's, you know, taxes. Sometimes it's legal. It means that, for example, one great example is when I'm working with a photographer and they're dealing with a contract or, or an agreement of some kind, most photographers kind of glaze over when they look at a long contract. It's just, um, especially when there's legalese, that's pretty thick. Most clients and, do too. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. And of course, there's lawyers, and I we have a great lawyer that we work with all the time. But sometimes you still need a bit of a translator between lawyer and photographer. Yeah. And so I get to sort of be that inter, you know, kind of um, an interpreter uh, between business language and creative language. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of fun having that that role of being sort of that. Yeah, you call me an assassin. You're that, that specialist that can handle things outside of the creative work. 
Yeah. So I think a lot of times even helping to find a, a lawyer who can specialize and work with creatives because it's a different field of law. And a lot of times, right, you're dealing with copyright and, you know, intellectual property and a lot of things that are different from maybe, you know, not not all lawyers maybe are equipped to handle that or can specialize with creatives. Yeah, very few are and very few have the sensibilities that I think connect well to creative work and especially photographic work. So I think um, when you have a lawyer that can handle that and understand it and make make sense of those types of issues, it's actually really fun because you kind of see some of the opportunities and some of the benefits behind really good legal structure. So um, yeah, that's one of the, the elements that I get to deal with. When it comes to uh, wedding photographers, uh, I really enjoy helping uh, wedding photographers work through their pricing. It's probably one of the wedding photography as a niche within the photography world is a really great example. I point a lot of other photographers to successful wedding photographers and say, look, look, they have packages, they have set pricing, they have clear, distinct connection between what they offer, what their value is and how much it costs. And a a lot of photographers would uh, learn a lot by taking cues from the successful wedding photographers in their local market. So um, I really enjoy um, digging into into wedding work. I think it's really interesting work. Yeah. What are even that's interesting. So what do you what do you think are some of the biggest differences, say, between creative entrepreneurs running a a small business versus, say, a traditional small business where maybe they're selling a a tangible product, they're selling a widget or or something like that? What Mm -hmm. are some of the biggest differences you see between those types of creative entrepreneurs? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say that the biggest uh, difference is there is no muse <laughs> being tickled or, or, or coddled or dealt with in other types of um, entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial efforts. A photographer has to wrestle with their creative vision at simultaneously with all these other business and marketing elements that they're dealing with on a daily basis. And that that is, that is a challenge which I don't think a lot of other kinds of entrepreneurs um, you know, have to deal with. I think it's a real uh, unique uh, position that a photographer um, brings to the table that not only am I going to do services for you, not only am I going to you know, produce deliverables that are like products for you, but I'm going to do it in a unique, creative, inspired you know, way all in the moment. I mean, that the, the on-demand creativity is a, is a monster all on its own. And, you know, the person that wants to open an A&W franchise or start up, you know, Bob's Towing or sell widgets of some kind, they don't wrestle with that. They don't, you know, cry themselves to sleep because someone didn't like something. Whereas a photographer probably does, probably will. <laughs> you know, it's intimate. The mm-hmm. intimacy of creative photographic work um, really sets it apart from other types of entrepreneurial efforts. Yeah, you definitely are open to, you know, you, you see all kinds of people. Uh, I hear this all the time and, you know, from other photographers where, oh, you know, the bride didn't like her wedding photos for one reason or another. And sometimes it's they have something else going on in their life and it was just something to complain about. Or sometimes they just didn't, their vision didn't jive with the photographer's vision. And yeah. it, it can become very emotional and very stressful when somebody comes back to you and basically says, you know, I hate the work that you did for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it can be very personal. I'm sure it's like that with designers and other kind of, you know, creative entrepreneurs. Yeah, there's definitely some commonality with other types of creative um, work and, um, you know, kind of art-based work for sure. So it's, uh, it, you know, that, that's what I have a lot of respect for um, talented, creative people that are willing to put themselves out there in the marketplace in that way. It's, um, it's, uh, it's one of the reasons why I get asked with all the business work and consulting work I do, I get asked to get involved in other industries I got asked the other day to, um, you know, to consider getting involved in the coaching industry. And it came from a trusted friend, uh, and I really, really um, value the, uh, his insight. But I actually had to say, you know what, I can't do it because I don't care. <laughs> I care about artists. Mm-hmm. I care about creative people. So if I'm going to you know, wrestle, if my business is going to wrestle and, and um, go through the fight of you know, the entrepreneurial effort, I want it to produce and help creative people. So it's, um, it's all I care about is really great creative work. So it's, uh, that's my thing. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of pricey, you enjoy the pricing and getting into all of that. What are, are you noticing any, any trends out there, be it among wedding photographers? I mean, that's our primary audience, but you know, really any photographers, are you noticing any particular trends these days in terms of pricing with, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, there's so many people entering the market and so many people becoming, you know, mm-hmm. photographers and they see weddings as that one way where they can sort of jump in and make some quick, a quick buck totally. and it's forcing, you know, sort of downward 
pressure on all the pricing. What are you seeing out there? What are you hearing? Yeah. Well, I mean, the barrier uh, to entry is, you know, is falling rapidly. I know a successful wedding photographer that shot a wedding last summer on his iPhone, and he killed it. Now, of course, he's talented, um, so the, you know, the tool of, the, uh, of it all is less important than, you know, the fact that he knows what he's doing. Um, but the barriers to entry are, are really low now. And so, yes, there is, in a sense, uh, potentially more competition to consider. But the trend that I'm seeing is... Um, sort of the um, the casual entrepreneur, the sort of the um, uh, casual freelancer, the person that is not depending on their photography income uh, as their primary income generator, they they are all in a rush to sort of you know kind of keep their prices low and cheap and sort of get gigs no matter what the cost um, and sort of there is a slide down in pricing, but I'm also seeing on the other side that those that are that have some credibility, that they established some rapport, they've got good portfolios, they've got a good work history, some of the referrals are starting to come in. They're starting to push up on the pricing. They're starting to sort of say, you know what, uh, instead of $3,500, i am going up to five, or I'm going up to seven, or I'm going to 10000 Or they're sort of saying, you know what, I'm going to only do destination weddings, I'm only going to shoot for a year, and I'm, this, and I'm even more money. And it's just, there sort of is this parity that's happening um, right now. So, though I think, yes, the the largest segment of wedding photographers, there's this slide towards lower pricing in order to stay competitive. Um, the ones that I see are that are successful and that are happiest. They're holding strong on good pricing or they're growing their pricing up in connection to understanding what their value is. And that's one of the things that um, uh, regardless of photography, uh, the, the niche, um, photographers have uh, a tendency to associate time with their pricing and outside of very few instances where event coverage where time might be one of the elements of say a scope of work a photographer is always giving more than their time they're giving their creative vision their unique perspective um, and that's what drives value and what's really funny i now a lot of clients or prospects don't read endorsements after one or two they sort of you know they assume, okay, the person likes that person and whatever. But I read them. And one thing that I notice amongst uh, especially wedding photographers is that brides and families, they endorse the photographer. And guess what? They almost never endorse the photographs themselves. Mm-hmm. They endorse the human. They endorse the personality, the character, the work eth- ethic, um, you know, the style, the, the, just the way that they conducted themselves. Their professionalism gets commented on more. Than the work. No, the, so if you think about how your how your value is driven, everyone says, "Look at my portfolio. Look how talented I am. I, my pictures should speak for themselves. I should be able to charge a big rate, a big uh, dollar." I'm like, your pictures have very little to do with the perceived value. Value comes in through so many other facets. So you know, anyway, that's just something I've been seeing in, amongst um, in, in wedding photography. Yeah, no, that is an interesting observation for sure. And I think we see that a lot. I mean, very, very seldom do people just, you know, fall on a website and say, oh, we love all your photos. We want to hire you, right? They want to meet with, they want to meet with you. They want to learn about your personality. Um, And that's the biggest thing that, you know, when we connect with a client and find there's common ground and there's a connection there and that's why they hire us. And we ask them later on, like, why did you hire us? Maybe they met with a couple of photographers. Nine times out of 10, it generally has nothing to do with our photography. Mm-hmm. I mean, they like our photography, sure. but it's usually because they liked our personalities and they connected with us in some, you know, some way, shape or form. And then yeah. like you say, that's an interesting observation because, yeah, I think if, you know, we look back at some of our referrals and reviews, a lot of it is, yeah, that they loved working with us. We made them feel comfortable. You know, we made their, we made their friends and their family feel comfortable. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting, definitely an interesting observation. So, mm-hmm. so I want to ask you, what would sort of be your best piece of advice for someone maybe who's an emerging photographer who's just kind of coming onto the scene um, and they want to take this a little further and, and, and get it, build a business around it, you know, get paid doing what they love to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the number one uh, piece of advice I give, regardless of someone's talent or experience is always reminding them, make sure to work on your photography business. Don't just, it's not just about making photographs. And right now there is this unbelievable trend to whore uh, yourself out to Lightroom or to your editing. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, post-production. And I know it has its value, um, but, you know, business is not earned through, you know, knowing everything and rocking Lightroom. Um, the, the elements of one's business 
require constant effort, daily effort, or at least regular effort. And a lot of photographers kind of, they, they, they come into their uh, entrepreneurial endeavor because they want to make money doing something that they love. So they figure, well, if, if I can just make more photographs, well, I would love doing that. And that's a good idea to make money. The problem is that unless you're addressing a business need and you've, uh, you know what business issues you're solving in the marketplace. Now, I know that that sounds very corporate, but the reality is that unless, you, unless you're meeting needs by, from people that are going to give you money, then you don't actually have a business. You just have a, a hobby that you might make a little bit of money at. So for an emerging photographer, someone that wants to sort of change the way that they're uh, doing it, they want to you know, grow what they're doing, they've got to carve out time to work on their business, not just in it. Because ultimately, if you're just a button pusher, camera button pusher or you know, mouse button pusher, then you're a technician. And that's not entrepreneurship. That's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's being a worker, not a business owner. And I think that there are a lot of elements of good business um, management and good business marketing, good business um, uh, ownership that require, you know, some serious work. So I love it whether, it, you know, whether it's bookkeeping and sort of saying, okay, you know what, I'm carving out this weekend to sit down with my shoebox of receipts and I'm just going to go through and it's going to suck and I'm probably going to drink, you know, a bit more wine than I usually do, but I'm going to get through it. That's what I like to hear photographers say, that they're carving out time to work on their business because the stress that comes and the anxiety that comes from a poorly managed business, that'll suck the creative life right out of you. That will kill your opportunities. It will kill your energy. It'll make you desperate. It'll make you frustrated. It'll end up, I see a lot of martyrs <laughs> in the creative realms because they feel like, they feel like their creative um, talent owes them something. And that isn't the case, especially when they haven't put in the time. So my encouragement always carve out time in your calendar to work on your business, things other than clicking, you know, in Lightroom or clicking on your camera. Yeah, I find a lot of photographers tend to use the excuse that, you know, oh, I'm a creative, I'm not good at the business stuff. So they just ignore it completely. They just push it all yeah. to the side and say, I'm just going to ignore it and I'll wait until the tax man calls or I don't yeah. have any money in my bank account. Now I got to figure out where it all went. Like they, yeah. they kind of make it, do you find they make a lot of excuses just because they use that, that I'm a creative as a bit of a crutch? Yeah, there's definitely a scapegoat there. Um, and it's sort of a, uh, there's a bit of an expectation that I think, you know, the outside world puts on creative people and just assumes, well, they're creative. So they sort of, you know, they just write them off in that way. Um, but I think creative people do the same to themselves and kind of just say, well, you know what, I'm not very good at that. You know, we all have to do things that we're not good at. I think it's important to focus on doing the things that you can do and those that you are actually not capable of, like you don't have the skill or experience to do, then that's when you have to pull in other people. But you had at least, you know, you have to try. You have to, you know, make the effort. I would, um, for example, like I don't, when someone comes to me with a, a lot of business issues and if, and if I don't feel like they've even attempted to put in the time, I won't work with them. You know, I might steer them towards some resources and, you know, make some referrals to some professional services that can help them. But, you know, I won't manage someone that is, you know, so um, disorganized and so chaotic that they, they actually don't have their head screwed on straight. So it's, um, uh, it's something where when someone can work on their business and, and put in the time, um, they're going to be a lot happier. Again, even if all that time is spent realizing, okay, I'm really actually not very good at this, so this takes me too long. But then you can address that as a business need and say, I'm going to hire someone, I'm going to work with someone, I'm going to you know, find some other way to deal with this. Yeah, I think one great example of that, as we talked in a previous episode, just about outsourcing your editing as an example. You know, there's a lot of photographers that, like I say, they get sucked into that black hole of Lightroom and, and spend so many hours in there. And really, at the end of the day, that's something that they could outsource because there's a lot of great companies out there that are, you know, now doing it. You know, mm -hmm. photographers edit and shoot.edit and other companies that can do a fantastic job and they can use, you know, that time to work, like you say, on their business instead of always feeling yeah. like having to work in the business. So that's, a, you know, an example of something that could be potentially totally. outsourced. It's, yeah. it's tough because it's, it's that creative piece and some people don't want to let that go, right? They don't want to let yeah. their baby go and let somebody else work on their baby. But yeah, you have to ask yourself, is, is my time worth doing something else? Where could I be building and growing my yeah. business and doing more of what I love, which maybe is shooting, yeah. than stuck behind the computer all day and 
Yeah. So and, it, and maybe there's tools as well, you know, tools like FreshBooks or PhotoShelter or MailChimp or some of these things that, yeah, on the front end, sort of getting them set up and organized and getting familiar with the with the workspace. That might take a little bit of time, but but you know, they're all fairly intuitive. And once you use them, they just they make those parts of your uh, your business go a, little, a lot smoother. I know a photographer that got canned from a reoccurring gig because they kept sending invoices that were incorrect, incorrect invoice numbers, wrong calculations, whatever, and their their direct buyer loved them. But they were, the buyer was sitting in a meeting and someone from accounting said, oh, that photographer? Oh, I can't stand that guy. He always buggers his invoices. Mm. So around the table, everyone looked at each other and kind of went, well, if our, if our financial controller is irritated, well, let's not work with them. So there's a, you know, has nothing to do with their talent, nothing to do with their work, actually has nothing to do with their pricing. It had all to do with mismanaged invoices. So why wouldn't a photographer like that use FreshBooks or another system that makes invoicing simple, clear, and, you know, a lot harder (laughs) to make errors in? So, uh, yeah, Yeah. there's always ways, whether it's people or tools, to sort of meet those business needs so the person, the photographer, can focus on being creative and ultimately, you know, uh, selling their creativity to people that need what they're doing. Yeah. So speaking of tool, tools, that's a great segue. Um, you've developed a great tool. Tell me about the business action planner. All right. So the business action planner. Uh, I, I built the business action planner out of a consulting uh, practice uh, service that I had for a couple years. Um, my wife, Eileen, and I created this um, uh, very in-depth process that we would walk a photographer through um, the the effort of building a good, solid, work-in-progress business plan. Um, however, that um, was getting uh, very expensive for our clients, and it was a lot of work, and we realized that, uh, of course, good business planning takes a long period of time. And so as we started to do this, um, and we started to get too busy, we're like, you know what, we can't, this isn't scalable, what do we do? How, what did, this monster we created. Um, so we actually um, stopped offering it, and we took time away to um, create it as a self-help tool and something that someone could download and work with on their own. Um, And of course, we can make that a lot more affordable for a lot more people. So um, it came out of a really rich consulting um, experience that we knew that we could probably pour all of our heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into something that someone could download and use um, kind of on their own terms. But the, um, the spirit of the business action planner is to make a business plan for your photography career that is perpetual, that is always a work in progress, that in little snippet, little bite-sized pieces, you can work on the most important parts of your business uh, on a, in a digital way. So we've leveraged the amazing powers of Evernote, the free version awesome. of Evernote, so that people can upload the planning tool into Evernote and then on, on any device they can, whether they have nine seconds, 19 minutes, or nine hours, they can do a little bit of work um, on their business plan. So um, the, uh, the business planner uh, itself is about 33 notes inside an Evernote notebook. Um, but we created a guidebook, which is 344 pages long. And everything that's in um, Evernote is also in this PDF guidebook, including pages people can print off if they're sort of a Luddite, a techni- technophobe, and Evernote's just done too much tech for them. But no problem. It's all right there in the ebook. Um, and we threw in some really great worksheets, like a, a, one of my favorite one that we threw in there actually is a cost of living, cost of business, budgeting worksheet. Because a lot of photographers, their, their money, their life, what they bring in, what they spend, it's sort of... It's integrated into their life. Maybe they even have it s- separate accounts or whatever, but the truth is they're spending everything that they're earning. And so their, their life is very connected to their money. So we created a, a budgeting worksheet that actually takes all those facets, all those elements into play and uh, makes budgeting a lot less scary for the freelance photographer. So um, it's, it's stuff like that that the Action Planner Toolkit kind of all, all dumps into one big giant download. Cool. Yeah, it was one of the things that I really loved about the about the product is it was probably the first product that I've seen that was developed for Evernote. And you know, I love Evernote. I live and breathe, you know, every day in Evernote. It's my the tool that I use. I think we've used made it a pick, you know, in at least one episode or or more. Um, it's a, such a valuable resource um, for us. So, um, so t- a little bit about the the business planner itself. Would this be targeted at any level of photographer, or would it be more for emerging photographers who are just starting up their business, or 
who would be the primary audience for this? Yeah, it's it's um, it asks really really hard questions, candidly, um, and it, it's for the photographer that has sort of they've made you know I kind of joke about you know one to a million dollars, but basically that they've they have started making some steps. Um, and or they're sort of they're hitting the reset button. Basically, they're in that entrepreneurial mindset, and that they they want to move forward. If someone like a like a student, someone who's either young or really fresh into the idea, and they haven't been working with any clients, they have no context of sort of the the business building effort. Then the action planner is probably a little too it's a little too far beyond them. Um, but it's for those that have done a little bit or you know a fair bit of work. Um, I just we just ran a boot camp uh, business action plan boot camp in Vancouver here, and uh, we had uh, four of the twelve people we had in this very intimate uh, boardroom long table um, session. Four of them were full time commercial shooting photographers that just needed to hit the reset button. They they were in too deep. They were pushing buttons all day long and weren't making um, uh, really strategic steps to growing their career. And they've been doing some of them are doing it for almost 20 years, but the action planner was just what they needed to kind of, you know, clear away the cobwebs, kind of refocus and address some of their biggest business issues. So it's been kind of fun seeing it be highly applicable to both that kind of emerging photographer all the way to the pro. Nice. I want to get into the to the boot camps in a, in a in a moment, but before I do, maybe take us through like an example of a section that's in the the business action planner and kind of what would somebody expect to to see in that. Yeah, we uh, we dedicated one section to um, identity and sort of picking apart the elements that create um, the visual cues, the visual triggers, both from the aesthetic uh, aesthetic side of you know like brand marks, logos, color palettes to the type of language that you use to speak about yourself and about your business um, all the way through to um, the uh, your unique selling or unique value proposition and sort of clarifying the things that actually drive your business um, forward. So the identity section of the business action planner is a fairly in-depth uh, uh, work um, workflow to make sure that you've addressed all the uh, elements that go into communicating your talent beyond your photographs. So I speak very little in the action planner about actual photographs outside of some portfolio elements. Um, I really um, encourage photographers to focus on the parts of their business that they have not addressed or not addressed very well. And I've been exposed to enough photography businesses that I kind of have a sense of, you know, where to point people. So the identity section uh, was really fun to sort of break down. And the, the workbook in its entirety um, has 188 action items that I've actually pr like written out and sort of said, you know what, do this, try this, you know, really, I try to pour as much insight as I could into it. Um, and on top of that, 132 uh, uh, questions, I call them kickstart questions, because what happens is, when I um, ask someone to uh, uh, like, okay, let's evaluate your brand. Well, that's one very large question, um, which typically paralyzes most of us, right? Yep. Um, so then I break that question down into five, uh, six more manageable questions to help um, get there. So uh, it's, it's, it was really fun to sort of really break down each element um, in light of a photography business, not just, you know, any kind. Cool. And it's designed to be a, like, it's a working kind of ongoing document, right? That's the other beautiful thing I liked about it. It's not just this static thing that you're sort of like, okay, I'm done on to the next thing, right? It's designed to sort of be a living, breathing, organic resource, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I should have said it earlier, but um, we created this, this whole, um, this whole thing, the whole action planning approach, because we are tired of seeing traditional business planning efforts fail. Both they're uh, uh, creating a traditional, you know, like, cover page, table of contents, executive summary, and then all the bits and bobs that you normally hear of. You don't, bits and bobs. It's a technical term. You wouldn't expect you to understand. <laughs> um, you know, a traditional business plan is great if you um, are trying to prove your business um, idea to a stakeholder, like a bank or a lender or a partner of some kind, or if you're trying to reassure someone in your personal life that you're not crazy. <laughs> um, so I often say that if, uh, if you need a business plan to convey to, uh, say, someone in your domestic life, um, that you know you're not crazy. A business, uh, you know, a printed off traditional business plan can maybe help you do that. But a lot of business planning isn't useful. Again, if it gets done, which is be a miracle, it gets shoved in a drawer or left on a hard drive somewhere, and you don't. It doesn't actually drive day to day um, decisions. 
the action planner um, approach is, you know, to always find things to work on every day or every week or every month in sort of a, an ongoing way. So I kind of call it, you know, it's the business plan for you, not really for anyone else. It's not, you're not going to share it. You're not going to start, you know, putting stuff on your blog or your website. This is for you to work on your business. Nice. So tell me, talk to me about the, the boot camp. So this is something that's kind of new. It's kind of grown out of the business action planners. You're kind of taking that next step and, and doing some in-person uh, boot camps with, with folks. Yeah, we've been um, uh, just over the last, just this spring, uh, we've been uh, getting together small groups of photographers. We keep them small on purpose um, to, to get them um, asking hard questions, uh, kind of bring a little bit of collaborative um, discussion to the group. And it gives me a chance to speak to the, the business um, needs of a photographer in a more uh, specific way. And we walk through the parts of the business action planner that I feel are sort of the most, especially for the, the engaged photographer, the one that's kind of moving forward, has some clients, has some work. They're sort of, they're, they're, they have some momentum. And, um, and we address the, the items that are of the biggest needs. So we talk in that workshop, we do talk about identity, talk about marketing, we talk about branding, we talk about pricing, uh, we talk about proposals. You know, some of the, so those are the big gears um, that we tackle in the, in the boot camp. So uh, we also do breakouts. So, of course, I'm not a photographer, so I bring in photographers to facilitate, you know, conversation to make sure there's that. Uh, I really enjoy a f- kind of a family attitude when it comes to learning about photography businesses. And um, I've had people tell me before that they don't like learning and dealing with the business of photography within their own market because they're worried about competition. Um, I suppose that could be the case, um, but I've never seen it. I've always seen people, you know, thrive as a result of being open and honest and encouraging and kind of the sort of the, Hey, we're all in this together. Uh, it seems to be the, the way that, you know, successful people roll. So why should, you know, anyone else, you know, feel otherwise. So yeah, these boot camps are really fun. They've been, they're one or two days long, depending on what the, the format is, but uh, it's been pretty cool. Awesome. What, uh, now this is going to, this show, we're recording this a little bit early before the show goes out. So, um, by the time this show uh, gets published, we're going to have already had you here in Edmonton, which is going to be awesome. So I'm really yeah, looking forward great. to that boot camp here in Edmonton. What, uh, what can people uh, look forward to in terms of future boot camps uh, for the fall <laughs> and kind of the winter time? Is that still in the planning oh, yeah. stages? There's, there's, there's stuff in the plan and uh, prior to Edmonton, I'm actually going to be in New Zealand. I'm doing it there in Queenstown, which is really cool. Awesome. But then I'll do Edmonton. Um, and I'm going to probably do uh, Grand Prairie in Calgary as well, kind of rock prairies. But it um, uh, looks like I'll be in Chicago next year. And um, on the Business Action Planner um, website, there's, um, uh, there's always going to be new workshops um, hosted. Basically, there's people you know, from kind of cities all over North America and kind of beyond that are reaching out saying, hey, we'd love that to see the Action Planner Bootcamp come to our city. And so there's lots of conversations going on right now. So um, I don't I wouldn't be able to, other than um, there's going to be a Vancouver one um, in late September, uh, which we'll, we're just about to release now. And then we'll probably do a Vancouver one, which is, it's going to be two days in Vancouver. So people are kind of flying in from all over because Vancouver is a great place to visit when you have a, you know, a couple days workshop, a couple days of uh, photographing and kind of enjoying the, the fall weather. But um, that'll be this fall. And, and we're just, we're going to be kind of choosy or not doing some grand. I'm no Scott Kelby. <laughs> I'm not going to do some grand tour. I, I have clients and other work to, to do, but when I can uh, unplug for a weekend, it's um, fun to do these boot camps. So we will do, um, you know, one or two every, um, every term, <laughs> every sort of season. And hopefully we'll always be able to do one, you know, out and about in the world beyond Vancouver. Yeah, that's great. I think photographers are always looking for that business, you know, that business content for sure. I um, mean, there's so much, you know, resources out there now for lighting and posing and the technical side of photography and the creative side. But, you know, I think we're starting to see the emergence of more of the business um, side of it. But I think this is a you know, fabulous resource. Yeah. Well, it's so a dog eat dog world. It is. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So if people wanted to learn more about the business action planner and the, and the boot camps, where would they where would they go? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Just go to businessactionplanner.com and it's all right there. Nice and simple. Perfect. And we'll, as always, we'll put links to that in the show notes for this episode. Excellent. Well, we're certainly excited to have you come to Edmonton and definitely looking forward to it. So excellent. I can't wait. Yeah. So um, before we kind of continue on, I want to uh, move on to our next next segment, um, which is our listener question. So each episode, uh, we choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week, we picked a question uh, from Cindy. We thought it would be right up your alley, Corwin. 
And Cindy's asking, she says, she's only a few years into my photography business and I'm struggling trying to identify my ideal target market. I feel like I have to take every job that comes my way in order to make ends meet, but I feel like that is holding me back from clearly defining and attracting the ideal client. Any suggestions on how to go about identifying and attracting my ideal client? And I think this is something that you wrote about in something that's going to be my pick this week, which is the living the dream. But I'm going to let you go ahead and take this question for, uh, for Cindy. Yeah. Uh, Cindy is asking a very good question. I wish more photographers would take seriously the effort that um, should go into target market planning, ideally target audience planning, um, and that who that ideal client is. So the, the, her question is, you know, how does she go about choosing that target market? One of the things that uh, a photographer brings to the table is their experience and their interests and their passions. What happens when a photographer's passion is making photographs, um, that isn't helpful enough when it comes to making the connection to a target market. I know a photographer um, from uh, California who, as a talented photographer, kind of stumbled across, you know, okay, she, she has a dog, she loves dogs, she photographed dogs, but one day at the beach ended up coming across a dog surfing competition. And her dog runs out in the water and they, they strap her dog under a surfboard. They have some fun with it. And all of a sudden she discovers, you know what? I love photographing dogs in the water. And she niched out on photographing dogs on surfboard, dogs in water, dogs at play in the beach. It became her, her very narrow focus um, target market. And um, ultimately what happens when, when a photographer makes that type of decision they are they're creatively they're freed up because they can just focus on you know one type one whether it's subject matter or aesthetic or moments or the type of um, setting or the experience that they're trying to create and they can repeat that over and over and over again what that does is that builds trust so ultimately when when a photographer is looking to uh, clarify their target market they should be looking to work um, in a space where they they feel they bring some experience, some connection, that they're interested in that, whether it's a, 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 a hobby, an interest, a, a type of um, uh, industry. For example, another example is I know a photographer that uh, works in natural resource. He does a lot of uh, chainsaw work up in uh, northern Canada. So he's, uh, you know, um, and he's, he's always around, you know, forestry and mining and all this stuff. He kind of figured, well, you know, do I only do that kind of photography because I kind of understand the oil field, I understand some of that thing. Well, that's true, except one of the things that uh, connects him to the land is that he rips around on a dirt bike, that he's got a 4 by 4 truck, that he loves snowmobiling, that he loves dirt biking. And, and so his connection to his target market actually was divided between the natural resource industry and adventure sports. The common element was outside things that were dangerous and outside, and that became his brand. And those two very different target markets had a connection to him as a human, to him as a creative person, to him as an athlete, to him as an adventurer. So the target marketing um, effort should always be based on sort of what gets you excited beyond photography. Where do you feel like you bring some rapport, some experience, some interest? Um, and then I definitely, if you can augment, you know, Everyone needs to make money, and if sort of the the augmenting your income with crappy work that you don't want to do, if you have to replace that crappy work with non-creative crappy work, so that you can at least free up um, your creative mind and really zero in your business, your business model will be stronger if it's narrow, if it's niche. Um, so kind of do what you have to do to kind of narrow things. Otherwise, the have camera will shoot that type of photographer will never be um, successful because they're just going to be um, sort of a, a you know, camera operator for hire. And, uh, and I agree with her. That is a really tough position to be in. So it's always about you know, finding that, that, real, that spark and how can you connect that spark to those that need your creative work. Yeah, there was the old sayings, you know, jack of, jack, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. A lot of photographers, I think, fall into that, into that trap because they feel they have to just take, you know, every job that comes along to pay the bills. Right. So and a lot of photographers don't build an audience either. They don't contribute to a conversation. They're not engaged in an industry or in a, in a um, sort of a culture or a, you know, social segment 
that, um, you know, they're not contributing in any way. They're just sort of, they're on the peripheral of a whole bunch of different things. And, you know, photographers that are, if, if a photographer tells me they really want to shoot NGO work, well, my first question is, where do you volunteer? Who, which groups do you ch um, donate to? Which charity events do you attend and why? Which, you know, development directors do you know personally? It's all about the, that human element. That's where a target market comes out of, not just because you want to travel. I, if I hear another photographer tell me that, you know, well, they just want to travel and make photographs, so I'm going to throw up. Because um, <laughs> it's just, you know, that's not a business. You're not meeting a business need. You're just, you want to, you want to go cool places. You just want other people to pay you to go cool places, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a business offering. <laughs> no, no. I really would like a flight, please. No. That's called a so. Kickstarter or a GoFundMe campaign, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, Cindy asked a great question. So, uh, and we, in the Action Planner, we do uh, walk through a lot of target market work because um, it's, a huge, it's a huge part of building a great business plan. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a great answer. And I think it would also help, you know, even just uh, going back to your example of the, the identity section in the business action planner, right? If you narrow in exactly what your niche market, your target market, it's going to help you build your, you know, your identity and your brand somewhat. So, you know, for example, if you wanted to target very high-end brands or brides rather, you might look at examples of very high-end brands like Tiffany's and BMW, and it might sure. change your everything about how you offer from your packaging to your website to, you know, yeah. your photos on your website. Like it's, it's going to influence all of that. So yeah. Couldn't Excellent. agree more. Excellent question and excellent answer as well. Um, and of course, we always want to hear from you and answer your questions. So be sure to head on over to thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Uh, you can leave questions for us in the comment section on the blog post for this episode. Or alternatively, you can also send us questions by emailing us at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, we'll also keep our eye out again for those tweets using the hashtag twipwed. And we're going to take a brief uh, break here for a quick message from one of our sponsors. And after that, we're going to come back with our picks of the week. So we've talked about the importance of your website as a wedding photographer. It's going to be the first point of contact for many of your clients. It's where they're going to come to see your portfolio. It's going to be where they're going to, they want to learn more about who you are as a photographer. And there's a lot of different choices out there when it comes to building a website. But uh, one of the great uh, resources that's out there for you is Squarespace. If you're looking to take some of the complexity out of building a website, check out Squarespace. Um, you can start building a website today at squarespace.com. And what you're going to find is, you know, sites look great. They're professionally designed. Regardless of your skill level, you don't need to worry about coding and all that other stuff that comes along with some of the other options. Uh, the other great thing about Squarespace is it's website and hosting all-in-one solutions. So you're not have to, you know, you don't have to worry about your host and finding somebody else to host your site and then somebody else to build the site and code the site. It's all-in-one solution. Uh, it's intuitive. It's got very easy-to-use tools. It's using very state-of-the-art technology, uh, powering the site, so you know it's going to be stable, secure. It's almost impossible to bring down a Squarespace site as well. So if you're getting lots of traffic, which hopefully you are, um, you, don't have, you don't have to worry about your site going down and, and people not being able to reach you. Uh, it's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. Lots of wedding photographers are using Square, Squarespace to build their site. And it starts at only $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. So if you want to start your free trial today with no credit card required, just visit squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code WED to get 10% off your first purchase. So we want to thank Squarespace for supporting TWIP Weddings and encourage all of our listeners to head on over to squarespace.com and uh, check things out. I think you'll be pleased with the results. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay, welcome back to our uh, Picks of the Weeks section. This is our, kind of our final section of the show, and this is where uh, each week we share a photography-related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. And our picks can be anything as long as they are somehow related to photography or the business of photography. So, Corwin, since you're our guest this week, I'm going to you, let you go first here. What's your pick for us? All right, so my uh, pick of the week is uh, David Dusherman's ebook, How to Feed a Starving Artist, over at craftandvision.com. It's a great uh, ebook. It's sort of, it's a nice, it's a pat on the back. It's a kick in the ass. It's exactly what a wedding photographer needs to, uh, you know, get a little bit more comfortable talking about money, get a little bit more comfortable talking about, you know, the, the struggle of the, of the artist and of the creative person and its connection to your life and your lifestyle. Uh, it's a great book, How to Feed a Starving Artist by David Dushman. Awesome. Excellent pick. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Well, my, my pick this week, it's going to be 
It's actually, you might recognize this for those who are watching. I'm holding it up to the oh, camera. Here. A little, a little oh. publication that, uh, that Corwin wrote. So it's a, it's a fantastic book. I've read it twice. Um, it's called Living the Dream, Putting Your Creativity to Work and Getting Paid. So this is something you wrote a couple of years ago now, right? Yeah, 2013. 2013. Um, it's, an, it's a fantastic resource. I think it's, it, it takes a lot of the information that you're going to work through in the business action planner and gets you thinking about a, a lot of those things and, and much more, right? Yeah, it's, um, I, I wrote it to sort of, you know, take the fear, anxiety, uh, you know, sort of, of of the business conversation, you know, out of the equation. Uh, I kind of call it my chaos killing book because it, um, it just sort of helps a, a photographer, helps a creative person kind of look at um, approaching the marketplace with a little bit more confidence and keeping that momentum going, which, uh, you know, inspiration tends to create momentum, but sometimes the business stuff, and the marketing stuff tends to pull that back, that momentum back. And so I just sort of uh, living the dream is, um, is, is a book that I wrote to kind of help, again, kind of encourage and direct, um, you know, that, that entrepreneurial side of you. Awesome. Well, it's a great, uh, great resource. And I encourage, you know, photographers, all photographers, wedding photographers, anybody that's, in, you know, creative work, uh, you know, to pick up this book and, and give it a read. I think it'll definitely uh, help. It's one of those ways you can work on your business for sure. And I guess with that, that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsors for their support. And we want to remind everybody to send in your questions for the show and share your thoughts by commenting on the blog post for this episode. So, Corwin, where can everybody, uh, what have you got coming up and where can people go if they want to keep up with you or get the business action planner? Or where's, where's Yeah, the I mean, right now, I mean, the, the resources are all on businessactionplanner.com. Of course, you can creep what's going on at craftandvision.com with uh, what David Dushman and I and all of our authoring friends and photography friends are doing. Um, and uh, you can pretty much track me, Corwin Hebert, on any social network out there. It's Corwin Hebert. Excellent. Again, we will link to all of those things in the show notes. And as always, our regular co-hosts uh, will have links to Brian and Robert's uh, sites uh, on there as well. And if you're looking for me, you're going to find me over at momentsindigital.com. Um, and I'm on most of the usual social networks as uh, Bruce Clark, uh, Clark with an E. And of course, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and lots of other great shows in the Twip network. And with that, we want to thank you again for listening to Trip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.